0: Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 40-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that I'm V curious about. On today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Jessica Roney, Associate Professor of History at Temple University. I'm trying to figure out how did we come to be the United States of America, what was life like in Philadelphia, what was going on in Boston in the Revolutionary War and leading up to it. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. And this week, I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Jessica Roney. I nailed your last name, right? You
1: did. You said it right.
0: Yay. Um, so you are an associate professor of history at Temple College of Liberal Arts, but you have studied lots of really important things, interesting things. Your expertise is got a lot of commas. <laughs> Lay, lay your commas of expertise on us.
1: Well, I mean the general the general over umbrella of over it all is that I am an expert in early America. So that could be kind of sixteen hundred to eighteen twenty in a pretty large geography because early America is pretty vast.
0: Right. So basically, you're an expert in early America, and and my theme for today's episode is, and I want to make this into like a new genre of getting curious episode. You guys, so get excited. Um, it's like, what was it like to live in Philadelphia in the in the turn of the like when America became America, which really the Revolutionary War was from seventeen seventy one six, <laughs> one two. one,
1: You know, you could say five, which is when the Battle of Lexington is or 76, which is when the. Con- the Started in 76,
0: is. yes, of course. For some reason, I feel like it was 71 to 76. I don't know why I do that.
1: Well, 72 is when the Boston Tea Party was. So maybe yes. maybe you're thinking of, like, the protests.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, yeah. So rewinding. So we had, you know, the people had come and everything was going down. And the there was unrest prior to the revolution, obviously, because there was a whole, like, no taxation without representation. Mm-hmm. And there were 13 colonies.
1: There were 26 colonies. What? What? Yeah.
0: In 17... Seventy-two. There was twenty-six colonies.
1: Yeah, this is the thing: is that the way American history is taught is we're only taught about the thirteen that became the states, but there were twenty-six. Canada was part of the British Empire. Nova Scotia was a separate colony. Uh, Bermuda, which is still a British colony, uh, the Bahamas, all all throughout the Caribbean, and then Florida was actually two different British colonies: East and West Florida. So there were twenty-six colonies, and the question of why the thirteen that rebelled did, and why the thirteen that didn't. Didn't is a really interesting question. Like Georgia was not on board at the beginning um, in seventy four, which is the first time that they had a Continental Congress and everyone came together. Uh, Georgia could have easily said, "You know what? Like no, like they're they're it's a slave economy. It's dangerous to up to have upheaval. Whatever." Florida did not decide to go either. One of them. So. You know, so
0: Florida, in both cases, decided not to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, Florida was a really new English colony. They had only gotten it in the last war, the Seven Years' War, which was from uh, 1754 to 17.
0: 17- Florida, um, honey. So she. So Florida was around. There was people There were settlers in Florida.
1: Florida is the first European permanent settlement. It was Spanish, not not English, but it's the first permanent uh, European settlement, sort of on the eastern seaboard. Really? Yeah. St. Augustine, oldest, oldest on the seaboard. <gasps> of European, there are much older settlements, of course, of Native Americans, including cities. So,
0: oh, there were oh, okay, because that's actually like a whole other. Well, that's like a whole other thing too, because it's like I was thinking, you know, things were going down. It's like the oppression and like the removal of Indigenous, like, or the re- oppression and removal of Native Americans was going on like before the Revolution. Yeah, like ever since people arrived. Yeah, and. Was it ever nice? Like, were they ever nice? Were we ever nice to each other? Like,
1: yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a complicated.
0: Which is not from a Native American perspective that like they, like from us. Like, I, I'm assuming that we were the dicks.
1: No, no. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. yes, but the.
0: Just to be clear, we were the dicks. Yes, it is. Yes, so yes. many
1: layers to the question. Like Native American is not a group. Native American is an umbrella term. There are lots of different groups within that, and they fought each other too. So when Europeans came, it's it becomes at least a triangular conflict or, a, you know, dodecahedron. I don't even know. Yeah. All these different sides of people who are fighting for their own cause. Like, so the the Iroquois do not feel any kind of of common cause with the Shawnee, for example. Like, there's, there's not, there's no sense. We're Native American. We should ally together. Against Europeans, in the same way Europeans are fighting each other, so the initial colonies there's dutch there's french there's english there's spanish they're kind of fighting each other, they're all fighting the native Americans, the Native Americans are all fighting the Europeans and each other, so it's just this very, very messy conflict that's not to take away that the Europeans were in fact trying to displace you know in a way that is different from the conflicts that are happening among Native Americans. they are trying to displace they're trying to say. Well, you're not farming the land, and so you don't have a right to it. And so we get to take it. And this is—
0: Was that the legal—
1: Part of it, yeah. If you don't improve the land—that's their word, improve— then you have a natural right to it, but it's not as good as my right to come in and put a fence around it and farm it, and you don't really get to—
0: So in 1700s, your your ability to— create agriculture in a classic european sense is what gave you the rights the quote rights to because i mean we actually i just did an episode of getting curious about um the way that the united states displaced food sources in native american cultures mm-hmm. and and how that and how those repercussions are going on to like going on now but that was what they were doing was like you their their way of thinking of farming or or using natural resources is just not how you know, European. It's not like,
1: well, there's another component to it, which is that the people doing the farming in most Native American communities are women. And so that's not how Europeans do farming. Men do most of the farming. Women might garden, they might help, but men are in charge of the sort of plowing and the the majority of the farming. So they come in and they see, well, there's no one, the men are just not farming. So there must not be farming. Like they just ignore the women. And it's ironic because they actually do know that the women farm, but they just
0: like, but they don't mass produce stuff the way that, like, we, I'm guessing they would, because, like, they follow the lamb, like, they pick the gorgeous, whatever. We need to, I don't need to, whatever. <laughs> Getting away from that. Okay. So. But basically, so there's 26 colonies, and so Florida has East and West Florida, and it was mostly, like, Spanish and English colonies within that by the time the revolution
1: happened? It's part of the reason it didn't rebel, is that it's only about 13 years that it's been in British control at that point. So there is a British population there, but there's a much larger, or there's still a Spanish population and a much larger indigenous population. So so Florida decides not to be part—they were invited. So is Canada. Like, everybody was invited to be part. Oh, they were? Oh, yeah.
0: So to the first Continental Congress, can't all of the all those places were invited, even the Bermuda ones?
1: Yeah. No, they would like they would have liked them all to be part of it. And when they were thinking and we could have
0: all maybe been in country together. This is
1: what they were thinking. John Adams, he like drew up a plan of like what the new United States was going to look like. They weren't calling it that yet. They were figuring out a name still. But for him, it was going to be everything. All British possessions in the Western Hemisphere would be part of this new thing. And when they wrote their first constitution uh, called the Articles of Confederation, it actually has a sort of um, pre-certification for Canada. Anybody else who wants to come in sort of has to go through a process, but Canada, they're like, you're already in. Just all you have to do is like sign on the line. You're, you're good.
0: But that isn't still up. For that, no, they discontinued no, they that, that. We have offer. a new
1: constitution that that replaced that one. But oh, so that and Canada was like, no, thank you.
0: So they never wanted to. They were never trying to to play.
1: No, they they were not into it at all.
0: Got it. So that was all kind of happening. The twenty six colonies, and then we had our first con const or our first um Continental Congress was.
1: 74 here in Philly. It was
0: so 74 in Philly, but the Boston Tea Party was in 72. Right. So there's kind of like a general sense of like, ew, Britain. Like, why don't we like, like? So basically, we were kind of like, uh, in like a Puerto Rico relationship with them then. Like, we had a representative in Congress, but we didn't get a vote or something. You are talking about
1: with Brit? Like, the, yeah. No. So this is part of the di- issue. When when the colonists came, they sort of had various agreements with the king, never with parliament, with the king. And they set up their own governments and they said, okay, our government uh, uh, relates directly to the king, not to parliament. Parliament can't make laws that affect us. So when parliament made laws that said, okay, you're going to tax you directly, that's when the colonists said, no, that's not not part of our deal. Um, So they pass a law putting a tax on all these things and the colonists say, we're not going to buy those things. And so this is the first, Americans actually uh, invented the boycott. Boycott is a, An American invention, the idea Uh, that you will not buy things to pressure a political system in a particular way. So
0: just to rewind, we had an agreement with that boy from Ham—the king from Hamilton, that whiny king— um King uh, George, George the and, third. yeah King George and King George III. and so he we had a thing where we're like, your Parliament we report to you directly so we'll still be your subjects or whatever but like your Parliament doesn't make laws for us but then the Parliament was like well we're going to tax you and we were like well you can't because we don't report to you right and so but they, then the king sided with the
1: Parliament exactly they actually sent a, something called the olive Branch petition directly to King George it was like these people our Parliament is messing with us and that's not the deal we're supposed to be directly with you and George the third did two things that really pissed off the colonies. One, he ignored the petition. He's like, no, parliament's right. Second, his family's from Germany. Uh, Originally, he's the third generation of that family to be king, but they were from Germany. Anyway, he um, he hired a bunch of German mercenaries. And the moment the colonists heard that he had gone out and hired foreigners, Germans, mercenaries, that he was going to send to the colonies to subdue them, that was What
0: would they subdue? What do you mean?
1: Well, like, that he was going to send soldiers to come and, you know, fight his own people. That he was taking—he's supposed to be my king. It's like—it's hard to get at how um, deep— Emotionally deep, this relationship was like. This is supposed to be your father figure for the whole country, your father figure, and your father figure has just gone out and hired mercenaries from a foreign country to come and shoot at you if you don't do what you're supposed to do. So, people who had been like, I don't know, I don't like the taxation, but I don't think these rebels have it right. You know, maybe we can be more moderate. The moment that he brings in mercenaries, so they
0: actually arrived.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The Hessians. You might have heard of the Hessians. There. No,
0: I've never heard of the Hessians. They have fancy hats. No, I've never heard of the Hessians. So it's it's seventy-two, we have the tea party over the so at that point is that when the Hessians come?
1: So 72 is—it's it's the very end of 72. It's December is when the Boston Tea Party happens. So it's cold as shit. It's cold as shit. It's actually impressive they were able to get the tea in the water because, you know, up there the water does freeze. So I guess it was early enough in the winter. But anyway, they, they, they pitch the tea overboard. We're not going to pay the tax on this tea. And they pitch it overboard. And Can it, you take me into that day?
0: Like what? Like it's December and they're like and they get all this tea. So what would happen? Because everyone loves like a high noon tea, honey. It's Britain still at this time.
1: So what has happened is um, so Britain had had taxed all these goods. The Americans said we're not having any of them. And then Britain passed a special tea act to lower the price of tea. And they did this. They weren't trying to trick the colonists. They're trying to help their colonies in India. But anyway, the, the colonists saw, saw this as a trap. Like they're going to lower the price of the tea, but the tax still remains. So if we buy the tea, we're agreeing to the tax. They're trying to trick us. Yeah. Um, so they send the, t- the shipments of tea. They come to all the ports, not just Boston. And every single port, Philadelphia, Charleston, they send it away. They say, you cannot dock. You cannot unload your tea. You must go back. The governor in, in uh, Massachusetts, he is bound and determined they're going to they're gonna load that damn tea and they're going to make sure that this gets sold. Because he
0: it, wanted to be loyal to the king.
1: Yeah, and he's an interesting guy. He's one of the few American-born governors. Most of them are Englishmen who've been sent here. He's an American-born, and he's like, no, we're going to do this. So against the will of the people, he brings—the ship had come, but he says, we're going to let them— unload the tea. Before they had a chance, that's when uh, a number of people, the Sons of Liberty, uh, were sort of the leaders. They decided that they were going to go on board. Stand by.
0: Mm. Okay. We're going to be... Oh my God. I'm... I don't know about you all, but I am enthralled right now. Uh, We're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back with more Dr. Jessica Roney right after the break. Welcome back to Getting Curious. It's Jonathan Van Ness. So it's early December. Okay. The All the tea, all other ships have been sent away, but this Massachusetts governor is like, no, honey, the tea... Stays. It's going to be sold, and then all the who people,
1: the Sons of Liberty, they get together, they go on board, and they take hatchets. They're sort of dressed. They're sort. They they put soot on their faces. They pretend they're looking like Indians. They don't look like Indians, but anyway, they take Ugh,
0: casual racism all the way into our very beginning.
1: But also dressing up, you know.
0: But I. But that is interesting. That like that sort of the thought of you know darkening your face to dress up like someone else, and like that's a kind of like in the fabric of. Things that our country has done. That's just yeah. interesting to know. But anyway, so then what happened?
1: So they take hatches to the, the casks of tea and then they dump them in the harbor so that it...
0: There's the loose tea leaf.
1: Yeah, these would have been loose tea leaves. And and it's funny, it wasn't called the Tea Party until generations later, Like, which kind of... The term Tea Party makes it seem a little bit more girly and like uh, not yeah. so threatening, not so yeah. rebellious. It's incredibly rebellious. It's incredibly... Like, they could
0: even save their... Or their their stock, like they they didn't get paid for it, like no one got paid. Just all that was for nothing.
1: It's an assault. It's an assault on property, and that's one of the sort of foundations of English and subsequently American life is is property. So so when when they finally get news back to England, which takes a long time because it's winter, the uh, king decides to punish Boston, and what he does is he closes the harbor, which is going to cripple the economy. He takes away their constitution. He revokes it. He so,
0: and he closes the Boston harbor. And closes he, it from seventy two to seventy.
1: So it's now seventy three. Yeah. He closes it. Um. He takes away their charter. This would be like someone coming into the National Archives, taking our Constitution and ripping it in half. There is no government. The court system that no longer has a basis. Nothing has a basis. Like you can't. How do you function? Like money doesn't work. Not, suits. Like whatever. Yeah. Like it doesn't work. Um. And then there were a few other acts, but those are some of the major ones.
0: So what, after that, they just had to report, st- or Massachusetts had to report straight back to the king, theoretically? Or? It was
1: technically going to be directly ruled by the governor, and they were going to have no say at all. It was going to be completely autocratic.
0: Oh, that guy who had wanted to be loyal, who had the ship it was going to be loyal for him? Yeah. Got it.
1: He's going to be like dictator of, yeah. of Massachusetts. Right. So at that point, the other colonies were like, wait a minute, you know, like, this is not okay. You know, I think I've been giving you all the wrong years. The P- Tea Party's... Fall or winter of seventy three. This is all happening in seventy four. The other colonies are saying no. Like we think, we think Boston went too far in destroying the the tea. But but now when we see the king doing this, that he could do that to us. He could take away our constitutions. He could take away our government.
0: So tea party seventy three.
1: Yes. Yes. now, now we're decided at seventy
0: three. Yes. And then. So then he closes it by 74. And then in response to all of that, that's why the Continental Congress was called. When did the German Hessian people come in? 76. Oh, so that didn't happen for a while.
1: So what happens next? They have a Continental Congress in '74. They say, okay, we're gonna, we are gonna boycott everything. We're gonna not have any exports at all, and or sorry, imports at all. And if this goes on for another year, we will stop exporting too. Tobacco, sugar. Uh, well, there's not too much sugar, but uh, rice. Everything. We're not gonna, we're not gonna send it. Before that can happen, um, the the general in Boston is sent out to find the weapons in Lexington and Concord. And that's when the fighting starts. So in 75 is when the fighting starts. That's why the Hessians were coming in 76. Oh, so the Boston, wait, who from Boston again? It's the, there's a general posted in Boston. Boston's under military rule. And his idea is that he's he's supposed to go out to Lexington and Concord and these other little What's ma-
0: Lexington? and? Oh, those are just little towns. And, little
1: Massachusetts villages. And find the German people? And find the weapons that they're using there to uh, uh, defend against the British.
0: Oh, which is really the German people, the, the mercenary people?
1: No. You're putting him in too early. Oh, God. This is is pre all of them. What happens is first there's fighting between the British and the Americans in Massachusetts. Yes. And then the news of that, remember, it takes like six weeks on a a good trip. It takes six weeks to get back to England and then six weeks to get back. So he's got the news and that by the summer of 75 that uh, this is happening, he gets the Olive Branch petition saying, okay, let's try and cool off here. You're our king. We're loyal to you. We're not loyal to parliament. And then by the spring of 76, they're getting the news, A, that he has rejected the Olive Branch petition, and B, that he's getting Hessian troops that he's going to send in addition to the British troops.
0: Because basically he's saying, like, you guys don't get to disagree with what I'm going to do in Massachusetts, and I will do this to you, and in fact, I'm going to bring in these Germans just to make sure that you don't get any other ideas.
1: Yeah, no, he's to the point of, like, this is this is how it's going to be, and we are absolutely going to use full force to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do.
0: And so at that point they're like, No. Yeah. So how does the so how does it start?
1: How does what start? The war. Well, it's it's that that's the fighting in, in Concord and But in how it.
0: did we declare it? Like did we declare like were we like, fuck it?
1: <laughs> the um well, it's it. No one expected there to be bloodshed um, on that day in April in in Massachusetts. And as soon as everyone else hears about it, they're like, "No!" And they're sending troops. They're they're rallying. The Second Continental Congress is actually already meeting here in Philadelphia. They choose this random colonel from Virginia named George Washington uh, to go up and be in charge of what they're calling whoa, now whoa, a whoa, Continental whoa, whoa, Army. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 <laughs> So seventy six. It's our Second Const.
1: 75, it's the Second Continental Congress.
0: Got it, because 74 was the first one, in Billy, Second is 75. And at, seven, and at the Second Constitutional Congress, we pick, or Continental Congress, we pick George Washington, a relative unknown right from washington no this is thing. Or from like, virginia
1: these colonies are not in a whole lot of contact with each other like they don't necessarily know if you're in philadelphia you don't know people in virginia necessarily so it was actually really important to choose a virginian to lead it because it's a, it's they didn't want it to be a new england fight they didn't want to pick a new england guy they wanted to pick someone else because the whole point is it's a continental problem not a massachusetts problem so they choose this guy he's got some military experience He's he shows up actually at he's a delegate to the Continental Congress and he shows up in full military dress like he's ready for it. And um, and they think he is, too. And so they they make him the the general. And he did pretty well.
0: And so general meant that he was the leading the army. He was leading the rebellion against the British soldiers. So he was going to be in because wasn't like we were all like militias at that point or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we were. And that didn't work very well. Like one of the first things Washington wanted to do is get a regular army. He was like, this is militia men don't pay good attention, like they're not good at discipline, they kind of do what they want to do, their enlistments are short so they'll leave, they'll go home and help their families with the farm, like they've got, you know, these are family men like they've got stuff yeah. to do. He's like we need a professional army, we need people who are going to be here for th- for the duration of the war who are promising to stay and like He basically—it's funny because we have this whole myth of, like, the Minuteman and how great that is. And it's a beautiful story. But Washington himself is saying, like, no. What's
0: the Minuteman?
1: The Minuteman was the idea that these militiamen, the idea was that they would be ready in a minute. Oh. That's where that comes from. There are other meanings that have, you know, come on later. But um, Minuteman in this context means, like, within a minute's notice, he would be ready to go and defend his community.
0: So to bring it back to, like, Philly specifically, it's like—so 1974— is our first one. Mm-hmm. And, and we're really like, people are not loving England yeah. at this point.
1: They're really conflicted. Like, they, it's, it's, it's easy to look backward and say they're going to declare independence because two years later they will. But in 74, they're, they're really conflicted. There are some radicals who are saying, we're done. This is, this is over. And there are other people who are saying, it's like a bad breakup. You know, like, there's, there's the part of you that's like, we can make it work. And then there's the part that's like, screw it. So all of those people are there. And there are some people who remain loyal, like there are people who never, including who were at the Continental Congress, who never um, fully broke with England and who sided with England.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So but the first one yeah. So so what was the first one like in Philly in nineteen or in 1774? Well
1: the first one was remember, they're they're scared out of their minds about the fact that the king has revoked the constitution of Massachusetts. So they're afraid this could happen to them. And each one had their own constitution. Yeah. I mean they call them charters. Yes. Yeah. So so they're they're trying to figure out how can we punish him for that and make sure he doesn't ever do it again. And so that's where they come up with this total non-importation boycott. They're not gonna take any English goods. And this will put pressure on the economy, and this will mean that he'll come to reason. Um, then there's bloodshed in April. So just just a, like they met in the fall of 74, um, that spring, now there's bloodshed.
0: Because he in 75 sent...
1: The troops out to find weapons in Lexington and Concord and confiscate them.
0: Oh, because to confiscate their weapons from the American settler people, but how did they know that they were getting weapons?
1: Well, by this point, the tensions are so high that that, that they have been arming. They have been practicing with their militias. Like, they're ready for a fight, especially in Massachusetts, to, to defend their rights. Right. So the English know this, and they send... Uh, orders to the general who's in Boston. They're like, go out there and take their damn weapons away. And the general's like, this is a bad idea. This is going to start a war. And they're like, we don't care. That's what we think should happen. You go do it. And he does. And it's a bloodbath for his men. It's terrible.
0: Is that part of where the Second Amendment comes from? Like this militia and like right to bear arms and the government can't come take it from you and stuff?
1: That's a super complicated question. um, Because the the um, the Second Amendment, it says the right to bear arms—I'm uh, uh, not going to remember the language per se, but it's like the—you'll you, look it up and we'll we'll talk yeah. about it. But it is tied very much to militia service. And so the debate today is whether it's a, an individual right, like do I individually have a right to own a gun just for whatever reason? Or is the amendment written in such a way that it says, for the community good, I have the right? Do you have it?
0: It's pulling up extremely slow, Second Amendment. The Second Amendment of the United States Constitution reads, A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Such language has created considerable debate regarding the amendment's intended scope.
1: Right. So when they came up with the uh, amendments, there are 10 amendments that they put in the Constitution right away. And we call this the Bill of Rights. Um they actually proposed like twenty and they only in the end used ten of them. So they're actually we have the congressional debates around them, and some of them are really long, like how like they're really thinking about the language. They didn't have a lot of debate about the Second Amendment. Like it was clear to them, it's not clear to us what they meant. One of the few things that they debated when they were talking about the Second Amendment, one one guy said we should prohibit there ever being a standing army. They ignore that. That was a bad idea. They also said um well, what about pacifists? Pacifists should never have to serve if if it's against their conscience. So that's one of the few things they said in the debate, which many historians interpret to mean they were thinking about the right to bear arms in relation to the duty to bear arms. A right and a duty are two sides of the same coin. So you don't have rights without also having duties. Like as a citizen, you have all these rights, but you also have duties to defend your community, to vote to pay pay your taxes, you know, do the things that you do to be a good part of a community. So um, that's, I I read it as a right and a duty tied together. Um, But some people just want to see it as like a right, individual, totally unmoored from. They
0: only take like the right to bear arms shall not be infringed upon. They take that sentence out of context and don't apply it to the.
1: The well-regulated militia part, which comes before it.
0: Right, because it's like, I think that the way that the constitution was written and just like the, that was part of why I wanted to do this episode is like, what was the day in and day out, you know, cultural political landscape of early, you know, early America. And, and, you know, I think that's like really interesting. So like, you know, as they're congregating for the second Continental Congress, and they elect George Washington to lead the army because there was bloodshed when the general or when the guy in Massachusetts goes out to get the guns. Mm-hmm. There is bloodshed. As a response to that, is that when the second Continental Contra- Congress comes?
1: Yeah, so they they were actually already going to meet. When they met in in the first one, they said, we're going to reconvene in the spring of 75, which means when the news of Lexington comes, born by somebody named Paul Revere, you may have heard oh, of Oh, yes. He's the message bearer. He shows up on his horse and says, this has happened. There's, There's been fighting. Like, they were actually already in session. So they didn't have to figure it out and come together. They were already there. Interesting. So, and then they appoint, in June, they appointed... Washington, he goes up, and they besiege Boston. The British are holed up in Boston, and the whole militia and the Continental Army, with units streaming in from the colonies, the United Colonies as they are now called, um, are coming in. And so for about a year, they're in this, they're in limbo. Are they rebels? And rebels, by the way, in military law have no rights. Like if you catch a rebel, you can kill him right away. There's no right. You get no rights as a rebel. Um, or are they an independent nation? Are they something different? And and so that is why the Declaration of Independence was so important. Part of it was making a decision amongst the oh,
0: people. Oh, really quick. We're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back with more Getting Curious. After this, we're figuring this out together, honey. How did we get in this whole situation? Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. And we are here with Dr. Jessica Roney, Associate Professor of History at Temple College of Liberal Arts. So we... Uh, we have Washington in spring of 75. In June, we start besieging Boston in June of 75. Yeah. So we start besieging Boston and all the independent people, all the independent. And at that point, do we know that there's going to be 13 13- Co sign. No. So, so we still don't know who the United Colonies are going to be. Right. So at that point, we're still like, maybe Canada's going to join on. Maybe Bermuda's going to be like, hey, we want to leave too, or maybe Florida's going to sign on. But that's why, you know, at this point, it's so dangerous for the fighting in, in Boston because, like, any of these rebels that are captured by the British. So there's, is there a lot of active fighting in Boston
1: at this time? It's mainly. So there's the Battle of Bunker Hill, which was uh, June 17th. I know it's my birthday. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I remember that one. Um, in, and it's a loss uh, for the Americans, but it shows that they. They can stand up to regular troops. The British troops are the best in the world. I mean, literally, like they are they're incredible. And so the the very fact that these militiamen were able to hold up to them at all is important. But that's
0: at Washington command is commanding them through the summer of 75.
1: Right. He hadn't made it up there for Bunker Hill, but he's he's soon after he gets there. Um, This is why a year later, though, because. They don't have guns. They don't have materials like they have to get that from somewhere, and that means getting other countries to give them loans or to give them military aid. So in order so that's to be,
0: France,
1: so in order to be able to go to the court of France and say help us, they have to be their own country. So that's the Declaration of Independence. It's it's funny because the Fourth of July we celebrate it as these incredibly important you know rule uh, uh, words for us. They weren't written for us. They were written for the King of France. They were written to say we're our own country. Please give us aid. This is part of like... So 4th of July,
0: 1776?
1: Actually, they they declared independence on July 2nd.
0: (laughs) Oh. I know. So July 2nd, 1776, we declare independence from England to the King of France.
1: Yep. It's on the 4th that they adopt the Declaration of Independence. So it's funny because John Adams writes home to his wife. He's like, July 2nd will be celebrated throughout American history. There'll be bonfires and fireworks and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, yes... But it'll be July fourth. Why? Well, that was the day the vote was taken to do it, and then the fourth was just adopting the language. So he was thinking like the action was the important thing, not the language.
0: So they have, they voted to do it the second, but then like on the fourth, they're like, okay, and we're putting it in effect.
1: Well, no, the fourth they're like, this is the this is the list of reasons. This is the document that explains. Oh, and
0: they hashed all that out on yeah. the fourth alone. If you
1: if you read, no, the, there was a committee that had been working on it. It's the day that they adopted the what the committee had come up with, and the committee is basically Thomas Jefferson. Like, there are other people on the committee, but he wrote it, and the rest of the committee members kind of—
0: And those are the Bill of—
1: The Bill of Rights is much later. That will come it. after the Constitution.
0: Got it. So this was just like a— in 1776, July 2nd, they were just like saying, "Like we are an independent nation. We're going to call ourselves the United States." Yeah, is that when we knew officially that there was going to be 13?
1: There were 13 there at that point. They had actually sent um, a mission of uh, an embassy to Canada to try Canada to participate as well. And and they're like, "No, we're not.
0: they are not doing it. We're, we're not doing it. it."
1: They were Catholic. They were afraid that the United States, which was kind of rabidly anti-Catholic at the time, they're like, "That's not a good. That's not a good partnership."
0: Got it. So we. Declare our independence on July second. We adopt the language on July fourth of the stuff that Thomas Jefferson had said. But what was that called? Like the like what did they adopt on the July fourth? Like well, what?
1: it's it's called the Declaration of Independence. Oh yeah,
0: Jesus, yes, Uh-huh. yeah, right.
1: So it it it's funny, you know, the we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator. Um, I'm going to get the language, yeah. But that's that's the part that everyone knows. The document's like this long, you know, like that's that's a couple sentences, and it's actually quite a long document. And what all of those parts are are a laundry list of all the reasons that King. George, has failed as a king. And that this is this is the political philosophy of the American Revolution is that there's a social compact between the people and their governor. And what they're saying is the governor has broken the contract. He has failed to protect us. He has done all of these things wrong. He has sent mercenaries amongst us. Um, he's incited Indians against us. There are all these things they're saying. This is what he's done wrong. And this is why we are declaring independence. We're not just crazy. We're not just rebels. We are... Um, a, a political people making our own decisions, and he broke the contract first. It's not our fault. We're standing up for our rights.
0: Right. So that happens in July fourth, mm-hmm. and then what happens?
1: Then they have a long road ahead of them in
0: Philly. What happens
1: in Philly? Uh, so they have about a year. They have about fifteen months where they're kind of hanging out in Philadelphia before the British show up, and the British kick the butt of the American army. So that hap- has to flee.
0: So or So Philly, they have the or. Because the the battles the battles going on in Massachusetts and Boston, because that's where all the stuff was going down. So, but then like after is Bunker Hill just ongoing all through seventy five into the winter and stuff. So
1: the British actually left Boston. It wasn't a particularly um, well held city for them or very important. Instead, they take New York and they take New Jersey. And then they decide they're going to take Philadelphia, which is not a really strong military target, but it's like, a devastating blow. And it means that Congress has to flee. And George Washington is at Valley Forge, this like camp,
0: ok. So take me into this. Mm-hmm. take me into the fleeing because I read this thing about, like, when we won the revolution, like George Washington went to New York City, like to leave like, to get rid of the last troops. and he had this, like apple pie or something. And I was just like, oh, how interesting. I didn't realize, like, like, it, weird. So, basically, so, Bunker Hill's all popping off, and we lose there, but we showed that we could stand up to them, and then, like, that kind of made everyone take notice. We
1: lost the battle, but we won the siege.
0: Right, we won the siege. And then at 76, we regroup in the summer, and we're like, we got to declare independence because they can just take us at will, and 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 we haven't really declared war yet, and we need to organize a war, and we got to go to France, and we can't do that unless we're our own country. So, they do that July 4th, 1776, with France the king of France, and then he sends us a bunch of ships and troops and stuff? Well,
1: so you got to think about it from the king of France's perspective. He's got colonies, too. He doesn't want his colonists looking at this and saying, oh, that's a neat idea. And of course, they are going to do that in, in a very short amount of time. But so he's, he's kind of got two competing sides of him. One is, I, I hate England. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really would love to stick it to England. So I would love to help the colonists. On the other hand, I'm broke. I just lost a war against England, and I don't want to encourage my colonists with these crazy ideas of, like, you can get rid of your king. That's not anything he wants to support. So he's kind of, like, laying back to see... What happens, and it's what happens is the Americans are just getting their butts kicked. Like what Washington is very good at, though, is never allowing the British to catch him and force him into an all-out battle. Every time they think they've got him cornered, he gets away. Every time.
0: So he knew he had to stay free of kept British capture because that would have spelled out like the end.
1: Yeah. So there's just sort of like the British have to defeat the Americans just kind of have to survive. And those are two very different levels of objectives. So they survive long enough, they finally get a good victory in Saratoga um, in 78. And So
0: basically, from the time we declare independence through 78, we're just getting our ass kicked. Yeah. So, and when we send word to France that we are going to declare independence in 76, it takes until when do the British come and they take New York City and they take all of new jersey i um,
1: 76 is when they send these flotillas with tens of thousands of british soldiers and like you you were referencing hamilton earlier they talk about um the the sight of it of of the the harbor new york harbor just filled with these so new ships york city
0: with- where we see like what is present day like like downtown manhattan like like the like the base like the base of manhattan like there was just t- that's like where the port of new york city is and there was just tons of British ships just coming.
1: Just imagine nothing but sails, and you. Do know we know what day
0: that was? It or is, what time of year ish? It's the summer. Summer of seventy six. So right after we declare independence, maybe six weeks later, like mm-hmm. mid August or something. because That's how long it takes, or whatever you had said. Like six weeks on a good journey. Well, journey-ish. no, because
1: he's he's already sending the troops before the declaration of independence. I do not remember off the top of my head when they get there, but it's you know.
0: So, but they just clear out New York City, and they're like, if you're a rebel, they kill you, right? Or or if you're a part of the American army, they're captured. Because we already were a country by then, so maybe we had some rights, like, if they captured this. The
1: British don't recognize it, you know, just because the United States says it's an independent nation. So, they
0: were still capturing them as rebels or whatever.
1: This is the thing about declaring yourself a country. Other people have to recognize it. Like, Puerto Rico, you said before, like, Puerto Rico could say we're our own country. But unless other people recognize it and treat it like an independent nation, it's not.
0: So... But they take New York City and Washington, everyone's like, shit, they're coming. There's a really lot of people. And they take New Jersey and we're like, shit, there's a lot of people. And then in seventy. Oh, and then, but Washington's just escaping, escaping, escaping. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, I want to go to Philadelphia. Yeah. So then in 76, they take New York, they take New Jersey, and then in Philadelphia, we're all minding our own business. That was our first capital. Like, that's like our mm-hmm. capital. Even in 76 it is, because yep. that was where our conti- continental yeah. co- So what happens? Like, we all wake up on the morning of like something.
1: So in the fall of 77, um, the British have decided they're going to march over land. They're going to send some troops up. And by they've the already
0: water. taken New York City. And
1: they're going to take Philadelphia. And again, it's not a strong military. And
0: they already took New York City and New Jersey at this And they, point.
1: they hold New York the whole war. Yes. New York the the whole war it's it's under British control. Um they send these troops to Philadelphia and and they we lose the battle of Germantown, we lose uh the battle of Brandywine and and you know that's when the congress has to flee
0: so congress had to flee all the representatives that were here had to flee
1: everyone has to flee the british and did they
0: burn the house did they burn everything down
1: they didn't the british come they take over the houses they take over independent what we call independence hall it was called the pennsylvania state house then they 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 trash the place like they're there for the better part of a year but 9 months probably and they when they left because again, it's not a military strategy like strategically important place. They just give it up because it's not helping them. Um, they trash the place. I mean, there's just like shit, literally excrement everywhere. They used Independence Hall as a hospital. You know, they're just they're they're desecrating churches. They're doing all kinds of things. But one of the things that's funny that they do, there, um, the general was recalled and back to England because he wasn't, the war wasn't going well. Before he left, his officers organized for him probably the biggest party Philadelphia ever saw. It's in what's today is sort of a Passionk area. Um, they organized this like whole day long medieval joust. Where they've got, they, they have two teams. There's like the white knights and the black knights, and they 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 literally are jousting. They have this extravagant party. All of the the elites of Philadelphia who haven't fled are invited. They dance. They to die. send the
0: general back to England, but they were all loyalists to the. Yeah, the,
1: these are all loyalists, and, and so all they,
0: the reps for the thirteen colonies that were like fighting, like with Washington, had to flee in the middle of the night, like guns blazing yeah, and so stuff. Did they kill any like, of the representatives? Did any of the Congress people get killed or anything? Or no, did they all get away?
1: No, they all got away. So
0: the British kind of sucked. Like for as like being the best in the world, like I feel like we were really like getting away a
1: lot. Well, you, you got again, you got to think it from the British perspective. Fuck like, you, King George. On the one hand, like. The more they kill Americans, the less Americans want Wanna to be fight. loyal to oh. them. So if, you're, if your point is to say you belong as part of the British Empire, you want, you want them to come to your side voluntarily. So it sort of limits your ability to have a military campaign. So they're doing both. Like, actually, if the British had really brought it, if they had said, like, fuck you, America, we're just going to bring it to you, you know, like— they could have done far worse than they did, but because they're always fighting with one hand behind their back, because they're kind of trying to say, "You really belong with us. Come back."
0: Because there was a lot of loyalists the whole time within American.
1: You know that we don't know specifically or exactly, but we think um, that that a, a, a significant percentage was was kind of neutral. Like about half were about neutral. About a quarter was loyalist and about a quarter was really pro.
0: So when they come to Philadelphia and they take over the houses in 77, mm-hmm. so in 77 that they arrive here because they yeah. already have the other ones. Um, like, that means, like, the British—weren't soldiers, like, using homes? Like, they were just like, hey, you have to provide beds or whatever. And yep. if you said no, would they just kill you or something or put no, you in jail they, or— they didn't
1: need to kill you, but they would just do it anyway. Like, they have the military force. And the people who are in Philadelphia don't really have arms. Like, it's not like they're going to stand at their door all day and shoot anyone who comes in. So, yeah.
0: So, okay, so the 13 colonies, and and we've—I'm just—I'm I'm having a fork in my road of if I want to go towards— what happened in the Revolutionary War, or if I want to talk about like what Philly and more like the cultural, political, politics of like the time works. I'm also, but I'm also like we're not going anywhere. It's like I can always have you back for like a maybe you can be like my early American expert. I I would love it. Um, so like who of the fifty percent that were neutral and the ones that were more fiery? Because like I saw John Adams on HBO like years ago, such a good miniseries. Oh my god! So who were like the most fiery geographically? Um, and then who was like the most like conservative and the more like mid like what was like the midwest of the colonies?
1: Pennsylvania?
0: so Pennsylvania was like the Midwest Like, oh, no way maybe we really should be more cult, like more loyal.
1: there, I mean, so Massachusetts is like super radical, most of them. Um, then there are these hotheads in Virginia, like uh, Patrick Henry, Thomas Jefferson. Pennsylvania is really on the fence about it. like they're the 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 one guy who's probably the most polit- uh strong political actor going up to the revolution, he remained a loyalist. And so he's got his finger on the thumb of Pennsylvania government right up to the end when they finally oust him. But his name is Joseph Galloway, and he is not— Oh, ha- and
0: he was the guy who got recalled?
1: No, this is uh, this is in Pennsylvania. You're thinking— Oh,
0: got it, got it. Sorry.
1: Yes. Uh, the, the general. But this is, yeah, no, this is a Pennsylvania guy, and he's just not for it. The other thing about Pennsylvania, of course, Quakers. And the Quakers are not— they don't really like what King George III is doing, but they also don't really— They Pennsylvania is a very special place. They had their own special charter that gave them religious protection, which they had not had in England. And they're afraid, what if we have a revolution? We tear up our governing document. They make a new one. How Can you guarantee me that my rights are going to be as protected under the, the new government as they are under this one?
0: But they ended up being freedom of religion was like a part of it wasn't it?
1: It well yes but but how do you know that in 1775? Right, like if right. I came to you today and I was like Jonathan, we're going to tear up the— We'll do it in
0: a year, though. Don't worry.
1: We're going to to tear up the Declaration. We're going to tear up the Constitution. I promise you the new government will be just as good. Like, how would you feel about that?
0: What about, like, South Carolina, and North Carolina, and, like, Georgia?
1: Georgia and all of the southern states, South Carolina especially, and and Virginia, like, they have very large enslaved populations, which means they have an— a, an insurgent population right there, and and the the British know this. The British actually promise freedom to any uh, black man. They don't really want the women or children, uh, who will come and join them and fight with them. And so, the, oh, they did. Oh yeah, yeah. And so the, the the planners are just like losing their minds over this. This is this is actually, if you read the Declaration of Independence, it's one of the things they say that he has incited domestic insurrection amongst us. That that doesn't say the word slave, but that's what they mean.
0: Oh, domestic
1: and in, internal insurrection.
0: Cause was there, cause wasn't there, was there
1: abolitionists in the
0: Revolutionary
1: War? Not – they're just starting to get started, and it's actually in Pennsylvania with the Quakers that they are getting started. So in 75, independent of all the rest of this, uh, the Pennsylvania Abolition Society was founded here in in Philadelphia. It's, like, tiny. It's Quaker. Most people think they're nuts. But but there's been a a voice of abolitionism going back 75 years in Pennsylvania at that point. So it's been a strain, usually ignored, but getting stronger in Pennsylvania from all that time. But it's not a big part of the American Revolution. Like, the revolution is – Not whatever other hierarchies they want to disrupt, slavery is not really one of them. So, wow.
0: So, I think I just want to like zoom through the end of the Revolutionary War and then, and but then I'm going to have to have you back to talk about like what. Daily life, like how did you get water? (laughs) What was like? What you know? What was like? Like, what did the streets look like? Like, I want to talk about all that stuff, but and then I got distracted with the Revolutionary Goddamn War. So I will have to have you back twice. I'm going
1: to tell you the water one, which is that you you drink beer. That's how you get your water.
0: Interest. Mm. Okay. Okay. Wait. So, but Saratoga 78, we win a a, an important battle, and that is
1: that is enough for the Saratoga's in New York, right? It is. Yeah. Um, that is enough for the French king to say, you know what. I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in on your side. we, we signed, had done
0: it up on our own up until then.
1: And it's proved that they're serious. Like, he doesn't want to come in on the side of people who are not really going to uphold their end of the bargain yeah. and are just going to fold. They've shown that they're not going to fold. They've actually won a battle. He really would love to stick it to the English. So he comes in on their side. He signs a treaty with them, and he starts sending troops. This changes everything for the British. Because now the French, unlike the Americans, the French have a navy, which means suddenly Britain has to defend Britain. It has to defend the Caribbean. It has to defend India. It has to defend Africa. It has all these different colonial possessions all over the world. Suddenly, the American Revolution becomes a global war. Then Spain comes in. Uh, Spain never uh, sides with the Americans uh, for long reasons, but it allies with France. So it's like the friend of our friend. Now, Spain is is fighting. Spain actually invades Florida and gets it back. This is one of the interesting things about the American Revolution. The British lost 15 colonies in the American Revolution. 13 go to the United States. Two go back to the Spanish Empire. Which was Florida and? East and West Florida. It's two colonies. Oh. Don't know
0: why. And then when did Florida leave Spain and join us?
1: Uh, That happens in 1819.
0: Wow, that wasn't for a long-ass time. Yeah, it's a long time. So Florida was part of Spain until 1819. Yeah. That's like... 40 more years? Mm-hmm. 40 So we win Saratoga and then France comes in and then we made a treaty those days like we're going to be allies. And then we ended up winning the Revolutionary War in um,
1: 81. The, the Battle of Yorktown is the last one and it's this incredible uh, coming together of the American uh, army, the French navy. They're all pinning the British in. At the time, it wasn't actually a decisive defeat. Like at the time, it wasn't clear that that was going to be the last battle. But the British had just lost Pensacola, Florida to the Spanish. They're afraid they're going to lose Jamaica because the Spanish are kind of eyeing the Caribbean. And however much the British don't want to lose the 13 colonies they lost, Jamaica is their most important colony. It is the wealthiest colony of all of them, and they cannot afford to lose Jamaica. And they're like, you know what? We're calling it. We're just going to cut our losses. This country is never going to work anyway. They're, they're going to fight amongst themselves, they're going to fall apart. And we'll just have them back. Like, it'll be like a couple years of nonsense, and then they'll be part of the British Empire again because this is just not—it's stupid. It's not going to work.
0: So that was what their thinking was. Yeah. That's crazy. So seven or well interesting. So 78, we won Saratoga. Then the tides ch- start to change. But so then when we win in New Yorktown, that wasn't totally clear, but then the king decides that, like, he it didn't want to fight anymore. Yeah, it
1: took two more years to sign the, the, um, the Treaty of Paris. So the, it's always hard to say what are the years of the American Revolution. The fighting is 75 to 81— 70, the Declaration is 76. The Treaty of Paris, which ended it, is 1783.
0: So Oh, you know. so it didn't—because so, wasn't there still, like, some random battles, like, in Georgia and, like, other places that were, like, they couldn't get, like, word to that, like, Yorktown was over and stuff? Well,
1: yeah, there's still fighting. And the thing is, like, it depends on where you're standing. The American Revolution, if you're Cherokee, the American Revolution lasted until the 1790s. You know, like, that— that conflict that starts in 17, in the 1770s in say Tennessee or Ohio that same conflict went on for like 40 years
0: Ooh, i don't understand i
1: mean like the the a big part of that war like we've focused on the eastern side of it and how they're they're fighting the british they're also fighting indians and uh, that war doesn't end in 1783 cuz is trade. britain
0: still claiming like ten, like the land that is currently ohio and
1: no, they give that up in the Treaty of Paris. But the Shawnee people and the Delaware people and the Miamis and all these different groups who are there—they're like, it's not Britain's to cede, guys. This is our land. It's not your land, and it's not Britain's land. It's Shawnee land. So
0: then the U.S. government and the Shawnee started making treaties in like.
1: No, they're fighting.
0: Oh, they but they fought until, but till like seventeen 17- till the
1: War of eighteen twelve.
0: Oh. yeah no this is what i'm saying
1: is that, like how you define the beginning and end of a war depends on where you're so standing So the war of
0: 1812 was between
1: the War of 1812 is once again between the United States and Britain in most textbooks. But if you're standing in Ohio, the war started in 1754, and it didn't end until 1815. So
0: is that when Britain was like, okay, it's been there for 40 years of craziness, we're going to take them back now?
1: No, it's that the British The British are mainly, like, the, the, the reason for that war is that the Americans are sick of the British trying to control their navy, their, their mer- merchant shipping. But it means that the British who are in Canada are suddenly, like, they're supplying Native Americans who are in Ohio, and the Americans are trying to take those Indians land and this is all anyway, all I'm trying uh, to say is that the American Revolution has a tidy end if you're a white person, it does not have a tidy end for indigenous people who are fighting to preserve their homelands, and the American Revolution just opens up conflict for them. it doesn't end it it Their war for independence is ongoing oh my god, it's like a whole
0: it's like a whole other podcast it's it's so i'm My mind is so blown right now. It's so (laughs) multi-layered. Just really quickly... George Washington goes to New York City at the end. What was that whole thing of him like taking like a horse down Broadway and like I feel like I read something about him having like some apple cake or some apple pie, some apple thing. Have you ever heard this I, story? I haven't
1: heard that story, but I hope it's
0: true. Yeah, it maybe like research like apple cake, like early apple cake <laughs> of, like New York City. Um, okay, well you're definitely gonna have to come back and tell us more I would love stuff. It. But there was so, but basically, so Yorktown, young Yorktown was the last mm-hmm. official battle with like British troops as we know them and like American troops as we. Mm-hmm. Know it in the Revolutionary War, like, there wasn't any other official ones after that, but maybe a little the skirmishes. Last, that's
1: the last big one, yeah. And, and again, if you've seen Hamilton, um, they sing the song about Yorktown. It's called The World Turned Upside Down. That is the title. I love, like, Miranda, he, he got all these facts, and he, he slips them in. So that is the song that they played. It's called The World Turned Upside Down, that they played when the British um, uh, surrendered. And so they leave Virginia. The reason that George Washington goes to New York City is that that's the last place the British hold on to. And they're there until, I guess, the fall of 1783. It might be 1784. Anyway, when they finally evacuate, it's called Evacuation Day. They they negotiated with them. It'll be on this day. We will finally be gone. And so, like, they leave, and Washington comes in, and it's this huge important celebration. And that wasn't until
0: 83. hmm So we're going to have to do other episodes like what was evacuation day like? What happened with 1812? What was it like like a day in the life of Philadelphia in, you know, 1776? We have so many more episodes. So like, this is really just our introduction.
1: I feel like you're giving me a whole semester of classes to teach. This is awesome.
0: Ah, <laughs> Dr. Jessica Roney, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it so much. Thank you.
1: It's been wonderful to talk to you.
0: You've been listening to Getting Curious with Me, Jonathan Van Ness. My guest this week was Dr. Jessica Roney. You'll find links to Dr. Roney and Temple University socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Curious with JBN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend, show them how to subscribe, honeys. Getting Curious is produced by Emily Bosick, Julie Carrillo, Ray Ellis, Harry Nelson, and Colin Anderson.